Today, we've got a seller who's still working his everyday full-time job, but on the side, he's been able to grow his online brand to over $4 million of revenue. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Are you looking to learn how to sell on Amazon? The Freedom Ticket course made by Kevin King is one of the most popular courses ever created for Amazon sellers. It's got over 90 modules and 40 hours of detailed step-by-step -step training to help get you started on your entrepreneurial journey. Now, this course costs $997, but Helium 10 actually covers that cost of the course for any Helium 10 member. Find out why tens of thousands of students love this program by going to h10.me forward slash Freedom Ticket. Don't forget that if you do sign up for a Helium 10 account, don't pay full price. Use our podcast discount code SSP10 to save 10% off for life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Series Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a serious seller on with us today. How's it going, Robert? What's going on, Bradley? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. It's pretty cool uh, that uh, you're here. Uh, we just had some technical difficulties, made him wait for like 10 minutes as my my audio was having issues, but but he's a trooper here, and that's kind of like uh, probably like part of the theory, or the theory, the theme, I should say, of what we're going to be talking about today. Now, I remember, you know, meeting you at the uh, Prosper show, you know, you came by our booth and I was like, just learning a little bit about you. I'm like, hold on, say no more, say no more. This sounds like an interesting, uh, interesting story. I want to find out about it with the, with everybody else. So let, let's start with your origin. You just told me a couple minutes ago, you're, you're in, you're in the Georgia area right now. Is that where you were born and raised? No. So I was actually born and raised in Venezuela. So, uh, up to the age okay. of 10, um, parents moved to the U S and, and yeah, for the majority of, of the rest of, uh, so far, uh, we've been in Georgia, North of Atlanta. Okay. Excellent. Now upon graduation of high school, uh, what, like, uh, how long, or how long did it take you to learn English as a 10 year old? 10 year old is, is early enough to, 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 to pick it up pretty fast. I would imagine like me, I'm trying to learn languages now and it's like impossible. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine learning a language. Yeah. So at that age, it's still early enough that you can learn it pretty fast. You know, you, you the ESOL classes and all that. Um, but I, I always say it's still, you know, 10 years, you know, spent there. My first 10 years, uh, I still remember and, and, and I still speak Spanish, obviously, you know, just as fluent as, as I speak English. So it was definitely uh, mm -hmm. somewhat tough. I, I remember it at those times, but looking back at it, obviously way easier than trying to learn as an adult. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, did middle school and high school here, uh, in the U S and then, you know, after that, obviously uh, college as well. Awesome. All right. So after you graduated high school, did you, did you stay local for, for college or did you go to college? What did you do? Yeah. So I was kind of one of those kids that from early on, I, I somehow like found, you know, a computer, found Photoshop, started doing design and like selling websites when I was in high school. And so I always thought I was going to be an entrepreneur but uh, late high school, I basically thought... How, how do you sell websites in, in high school? Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, so I got into one thing led to another, basically selling design, like signatures for like $5 on forums, you know, that kind of hustle, uh, being a, a 13, 14 year old. And then that led to, you know, I saw, you know, websites being sold on Flippa, which used to be called SitePoint. 
And so I, I think I remember one summer I made almost uh, $30,000 selling websites and my parents thought I was doing something illegal and everything. But yeah, I was always just kind of tinkering. $30,000 in a I, month? No, no, and you were 15 in the summer, in the summer. But yeah, that, that felt like I was rich. Uh, I didn't know what to do with that much money at the time. No, no, you, you were rich. <laughs> if you make $30,000 in the summer, 14, you're a teenager, that's rich. Yeah, yeah, I felt rich. So that's kind of what got me started huh. uh, a little bit into entrepreneur and stuff. So. Okay, so so then did, did, did you attend a university or, yeah, or did yeah, you just yeah. go so, straight into like doing business basically I, I still had good grades in high school i never really took it too serious you know I, I played baseball i didn't really like school i honestly didn't i didn't get too used to school when moving to the u.s i kind of struggled with it to be honest um but then towards the end of high school i figured you know i shoot i need to like apply for colleges and go to college and stuff like that and i was never really thinking too much of it you know first generation also uh here in the u.s it's not like our our, our parents really knew you know the the way to how to apply and all that i just felt you know like towards the end of college I, I i saw more people doing it so i had to apply to college and so i did and and so one thing led to another and and you know i'd I like finance i like business so yeah i went to my undergrad in in finance and so that led kind of a, a dual path that i've been following ever since of kind of having a a career in a corporate route, but at the same time, kind of always wanting to be an entrepreneur and, and trying things on the side. So that's kind of where the split happened. Okay. So did the website thing like stop being so lucrative or, or how did you, cause like, you know, Hey, if, if I was making $30,000 uh, a month or two months or something like, I'm not going to stop that. So like, how, how did you migrate into, to kind of more e-commerce and, and selling online? Yeah, so that happened. And then obviously being in high school, you take your eyes off of it. You don't know what business uh, really means. And then obviously that dried out after a while. Um, and so it was one thing after another, kind of trying little projects with friends and stuff on the side. But uh, it wasn't until 2012, which was basically a couple of years after graduating high school while I was in college, that I got into Amazon. And uh, yeah, so that's a whole nother story in itself. Didn't get into it properly, but that's kind of where my you know, e-com journey began, began. What do you mean by didn't get into it uh, properly? <laughs> well, you know, being in college, uh, kind of not, not having a fully developed uh, brain there. <laughs> I started selling, you know, there was one weekend I found, kind of went online and found this uh, equivalent of like Alibaba back in the day where you could find, you know, goods. And I, I thought I saw some OtterBox cases. Not sure if you know what, what those are, but those were, Total yep, hit yep, in yep. the early 2010s. And so I bought a couple and a couple turned into, you know, they sold out and more and more. And uh, next thing you know, a couple months later, basically, I had a, you know, I, I had a copy of a lawsuit in the mail, you know, from Otter Products. They caught one of my accounts on eBay and, you know, I, I was suspended from Amazon and all that. So I didn't really at the time put two and two together, like private label, you know, like this whole thing. I was just kind of trying to make a quick buck, likely. And so, yeah, it took many years after that to be able to, Kind of open a new account and start off fresh, you know, as an actual business with my own brand. So then, what what year were you talking about when these things were? So happening? this was 2012, uh, early uh, late 2012, early 2013 that I got banned and and went through all this, and then you know back and forth with the lawyers and everything, and you know took a while. And it wasn't until 2016 that I think I opened a, another account. Um, and so like that, you know, 20 late 2017 was when I really launched my first brand. So. 
it took there was a big gap in between there obviously my career wise uh, was going really well i got you know some really nice internships started my career in finance did a two-year program where i moved around in the u.s and you know did all these things and so ultimately you know got my mba and all that later on but uh, at the time i was still you know doing consulting Uh, my main client was facebook facebook actually so i was out in the west coast a lot and on the side trying to launch a, a amazon brand okay interesting interesting um now throughout this time you're still working you're still working full time you know quote unquote for for the man now what what happened with that that brand that you you started on amazon like what was the peak of it like like what what kind of level did you get to with that 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 notebook brand yeah so it was kind of thrilling you know i had a really great job at, at this time i'm late 20s already making you know six figures but at the same time there was this urge to kind of do this on the side and and so like I was trying to do it. I always saw it as, you know, ultimately I want this to be a company and a business rather than like a side kind of hustle and just make a couple bucks. So from the get-go, I tried to take it, you know, a lot more serious, at least a lot more serious than the amount of uh, cash I had to, to do it with. Um, but yeah, first, you know, I, I remember launching basically last days of October. It was holiday season, obviously, and I'm launching a planner. So think of a, uh, you know, a planner you write in monthly, weekly, you know, it's undated, so you could kind of use it all year round, but I was launching in the holidays. And I remember the uh, November, December, I think I sold uh, maybe $20,000 my first month and, and like 20, 30, like in December. So it was like, wow, you know, like right away you're seeing like, that feels like a, you know, a ton. And so like, okay, launch more variations and everything as start of, as, you know, to start the year in 2018. And so, you know, what happened with that first batch is you, a lot of lessons learned there, you know, there was some manufacturing defects. So kind of ruined the reviews right away and had to relaunch, you know, to begin 2018. And so, uh, basically that whole year was kind of like, uh, at the, at that same kind of level. Right. So I, I scaled it to 20, 30,000 a month, uh, in sales. It was good margins and all back then, obviously, you know, no ads or anything like that. So it was great, great times, but I really always kind of saw it as like, Oh, I need to maybe like, uh, branch out into a brand in the home and kitchen space or something that was more like high volume. You know, like I saw this as office products, maybe declining long-term. And so like overall, I just wanted to, to, you know, have a brand I could get behind and, and, you know, be in, in a more competitive category. Okay. All right. So then what was your, what was your uh, next step? Yeah. So at this time, 2018, mid 2018, I'm still with this first brand. I'm thinking, get into another brand. Uh, I just started my MBA. So it was like, as part of my MBA in 2019, early 2019, we were going to China anyways, right? So it was like, okay, I was looking into another brand at the same time, looking for suppliers or like what I could start. And I see like kind of coffee products, you know, that's kind of cool. It's something I understand. I uh, saw a couple other kind of niches, but like uh, I was kind of set with this one supplier that I had met and uh, they had this product that they were developing. It was a coffee grinder uh, at the time. I didn't like the, their current model. You know, it was already being sold and everything, but they had this new model that I really liked. I told them like, no, thank you. But like, you know, maybe down the line once that model is finished. So it turns out like it was, you know, good timing as well. I was going to China and kind of launching, you know, trying to launch this cafe brand in mid 2019. That's when I ultimately launched it. So I was in China in March for about a month. So I went two weeks with my, as part of my MBA and then stayed an extra couple of weeks at the Canton fair, met the supplier. And so ultimately decided to, to place a, you know, a PO to, to launch this one SKU. You know, it was a coffee grinder, launched it mid-2019 um, and kind of just took it very serious. By that point, I was determined to make it work. You know, I, I saw it was a very competitive category. Obviously, uh, there were already 
uh, big sellers, not just big sellers, but brands sold by Amazon, you know, one piece. And, and um, I just, you know, we took it very serious uh, on the launch and just the branding and everything. And, and everything was with the, the, the mission kind of like to get it into retail one day or just kind of look bigger than it was and, and, you know, come out with a roadmap of coffee products. But yeah, that was mid 2019. 20, mid 2019. So 2020 was your first full year with this new coffee brand. And, and what, what do you generate in revenue for that, for that year? Yeah. So 2020, obviously a crazy year because of COVID. Um, but that year I uh, was able to do just about $2 million uh, in, despite being out of stock for long periods of time. You know, we were doing, you know, $600,000 in a couple of weeks and then out of stock for a whole lot of weeks. Right. And then on and off again, so it was a roller coaster of a year and definitely a lot of uh, lessons learned there, growing pains, all you can, <laughs> all those kind of words. But uh, really like my second MBA, I call it, was uh, basically COVID times and supply chain <laughs> kind of crisis that were going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that was two million. You know, uh, yeah, at, at the time it took a lot to be able to get there, because if you think the year before we were doing just, you know, barely you know, in, into the six figures. Right. I think in 2019 when I had kind of both brands, but it, you know, the second one was new, I did maybe half a million dollars or so, right. To scale from there to 2 million, it kind of sounds easy, but it, a lot of things have to happen. And one of those things that had to happen was kind of the capital, um, just a supplier turn, for example. Right. So like before COVID, I kind of had the standard supplier turns where it, it, you know, you, you pay a deposit, which is normally like 30% or so. And then you pay the remaining 70%, you know, before the goods even leave China sure. or before they get to the U S right. And so, Given those terms, I would not have been able to scale at all because I just didn't have the capital for it, right? And being a, a consumer goods product business, you need more inventory, the better your product does, right? And so being bootstrapped, um, that was just not an option. And so I had to negotiate really tough terms with the supplier uh, that really allowed the risk to be kind of transferred to them. And quite frankly, for us to place bigger POs and be able to scale the products and, and so on. So that was kind of 2020. Now, now this supplier was somebody you had met in person though, right? And like had a personal relationship with because you had visited visited them. So so like you think that helped with with the, this negotiation? I would say it, it didn't hurt, that's for sure. So, you know, I always tell people that are kind of trying to get in the space, you can always go to Alibaba, meet suppliers there and really kind of start fostering the relationship, you know, start messaging. But it's not quite the same as, you know, I went to their factory, took a bullet train, you know, in the middle of yeah. nowhere. You know, he had me out to eat snake. You know, I ate snake. That to them, it's like something you sit down and share, like a delicacy. You know, I, I ate the gallbladder of the snake. You know, like that kind of relationship. Oh, uh, you can't man. really do through. Yeah, it, it, it was terrible. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That, that, that's some fear factor level fear stuff. Fear factor, that's exactly. Like, uh, exactly. I'll, I'll be like, nah. Everyone around <laughs> the lazy Susan. You wow, know, like here okay. you go. Uh, the, the, the guest gets the gallbladder. So that was something, but. That definitely helped. And, you know, it's a smaller factory, right? So it's the old owner, right? So I'm communicating directly with the owner. And so he saw us from the beginning, right? This was our first product. He saw it come from nothing to then, hey, you're getting, you know, POs and you're getting all this traction. So we'll grow our coffee selection through you as well, right? So that was kind of like key and definitely a huge risk that I've seen huge sellers. I know personally, you know, friends that are huge sellers. And they can't necessarily get those turns with their suppliers. You know, some suppliers are a lot bigger. They just sure. simply, you know, don't take those those risks uh, with their with their sellers. Yeah, I, I don't take the risk of eating snake gallbladder myself. <laughs> that, but, uh, that's a... that, hey, to to to, <laughs> to the victor the spoils. Now, 
Now, $2 million, that, that's still a significant amount regardless, but you're working full time. So did, were you at this point, were you still doing everything by yourself or, or did, did you hire you know, a staff? Did you have virtual assistants or what was going on here? Yeah. So I had, you know, I've, at that point I had a couple of maybe virtual assistants that I tried here and there and it was always kind of like, oh, it didn't quite work out because maybe they were part time or this and that. But I was essentially doing everything by myself. Yes. Uh, it was basically a one man show. Uh, I had a couple of people to help slightly, mainly on like the design part or things that, you know, I, I, I could do from back in the day, but like I was just simply not going to do. But Certainly, it was a one-man show on you know anything from sourcing all the way to so like managing your own PPC, PPC and, uh, and you know making your doing uh, stock wow. transfers to Amazon, setting up like channels outside of Amazon, mm -hmm. setting up the infrastructure for that, setting up like just yeah, absolutely everything you could imagine. I, I was the expert at within you know the business, uh, and that kind of yeah, it took a toll okay. on me. Thankfully, you know, COVID meant lockdown. So before COVID, I was working for, you know, for a, a finance software company doing consulting. So I was traveling kind of a good bit. Like I said, Facebook was one of my main clients. So I was back and forth from the West Coast, but COVID kind of shut everything down. And so that allowed me to really, you know, I was kind of cruise controlling on the corporate side for a little while, uh, you know, at least. And, and so like this was right when everything was picking up uh, with the Amazon stuff. So uh, it, it was really, you know, a lot of long days and there was not much else to do because of COVID. So, all right. So, so, so 2020, 2 million of sales, beginning of 2021 aggregators interest in your brand. What, what, but it fell through. What did you end of approximately 2021 in sales? Did you already increase on that 2 million? Yeah. So 2021 was uh, probably the toughest year on the supply chain side, you know, still managed with the same selection, you know, not really launching any new products because it was just, you know, so hectic, hard to launch products during that time. Um, we did almost uh, 2.6 or so. So yeah, still increased it. The sales uh, opened up channels outside of Amazon. Uh, I think that that year did you know well into six figures, more than half a million or so in sales outside of Amazon, which was great. You know, great margins and all. And yeah, overall just got through it. Uh, what, what were some of the main uh, the main marketplaces you were, you, that made up though, those six figures of, of sales? Yeah, so we're on all the dot coms. Uh, it took a while to open up like vendor related, little okay. vendor relationships like target.com, uh, Macy's.com, Home Depot.com, QVC.com, uh, you know, Walmart.com, it's marketplace. But yeah, all the dot coms, uh, they, they make a pretty even amount uh, of the sales. Uh, and we have some like pretty niche kind of channels, like gift gifting kind of channels that are whoa, you know, and we just sell a whole lot through. Uh, and that's that's great. But yeah, it was always a thought to kind of diversify from just Amazon to kind of an approach to, to being, you know, okay. company. Yeah. All right. Now, um, was it in 2021, 2022, when you got this other job that kind of piqued my interest is what you told me at, at Prosper, uh, where, where you're currently working now? Yeah. So what had happened was, you know, I had quit my consulting job probably, uh, I think it was late 20 or 2020 or something. Right. Because uh, I was like, OK, I, this thing is going either well or I'm going to sell or whatever it is. Anyways, you know, I, I didn't see long term in the corporate world. I'm going to just quit and focus on this. And I, I did. I was that way kind of it was almost nine months. You know, the deal didn't go through. And so, uh, you know, recruiters are kind of always uh, reaching out. You know, I had finished my MBA at the end of 20, 2019 as well. So that was also happening. And uh, mid 2021, I uh, got a couple of, you know, recruiters reaching out. One was from LinkedIn uh, and the other one actually was from Microsoft. So uh, <laughs> 
interesting enough, Microsoft owns LinkedIn, but I, I had two job offers uh, for, for both companies separately. And uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, it was a really good offer from Microsoft, fully remote. Um, the team is in Seattle, but I'm here, you know, East Coast and, you know, as a senior finance manager. And so I took that um, and I've been there almost, you know, almost two years now that that I'm coming around to, to finally leaving the position. Okay. Now, now 2022, um, now you're working full time Microsoft and I'm assuming you're scaling your business. So like what, what last year? No, that's not last year. Wait, it is last what year. year are we? Yeah, we're in 2023. I don't even know what year. Like, I'm, yeah. Time is flying by so fast. It's already like middle of Q2 in 2023. I don't even know what or when we are. Anyway, so so then what last year did you end your, your sales with? Yeah, last year was a pretty good you know, increase. We did almost $4 million. Uh, so that was that was good to be able to increase that. Well, not necessarily increasing the, the employees or anything. You know, I've been essentially a one-man show. I do have, you know... Uh, about 10 employees now, but really it, no one handling like the you know general managing of absolutely every aspect. Uh, still, I'm that involved. So what, what are your 10 employees doing? So, are, are they full time or are they yeah, like part time the, doing little uh, different things here and there? Or seven are full time. Yeah. So think of uh, one for fulfillment orders outside of Amazon. Right. So we have a warehouse. Uh, there's one person that goes every day just to fulfill those orders because, you know, uh, we have vendor relationships. So they pay for shipping. Right. So we have to ship some of those products. Uh, we have, you know, customer service uh, that is handled. We have one for logistics now. We have one for obviously d- design, uh, which is very important. Uh, and then I think there's a couple others, but the key thing is, is I try to leverage a lot our partners, you know, like agencies and stuff. So like, you know, and I can go further into all that uh, with a with a new kind of announcement of how, how we're going into retail and stuff. But yeah, we leverage agencies for, you know, for supply chain, production management, um, PR, um, yeah, influencers, affiliate management, all these kind of things that if you use them correctly, they, they lead to better than employees, right? Because they're only, in, they're incentivized to kind of like do well, you know, kind of, um, take care of their, their customers. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so when you say 4 million, is that on Amazon or that's across, that's like across all, platforms? all platforms, uh, outside of Amazon, it was still, it was pretty stagnant from the year before, maybe, upwards of, of 600 or so thousand. So it was mainly Amazon, uh, mm-hmm. over $3 million on Amazon. And then the rest there, uh, key thing is like, we're, tr- no, we're only Amazon USA, only Amazon or, USA or other Amazon, yeah, just as Amazon well. USA. Okay. Um, essentially with you know, a small amount of SKUs, you know, you're talking about, uh, basically 90 plus percent of those sales came from less than 10 SKUs, you know? So, uh, it's, it's a okay. pretty good distribution there. And, um, yeah, I think we're trending a lot better, you know? So in December alone, we did a million dollars. Uh, and so that was great. You know, kind of like iconic wow. moment that you think, <laughs> well, you, you would have never thought like when starting a business right online, you're, you're thinking, you know, way too small back then. Um, but yeah, that was, that was good. And we're training a lot better and uh, yeah, a lot of momentum outside of Amazon as well now. So then you, you, you also said you got into retail, uh, talk a little bit about how that happened and then, and then what that process was like. Yeah, so like I said, you know, when launching Cafe, the, you know, the, the second brand I launched, uh, the goal was always to try to get into retail, right? So everything from from the get-go, right? Uh, way before we were even on Amazon, as I'm just thinking of the products, the packaging, we were going to use UPC, you know, everything as small details as using UPC barcodes instead of the Amazon barcodes, right, from way back then. Just because if you go into retail, you use the same barcodes, right? Just little things like that, working on the packaging so that it's kind of retail-ready somewhat, right? And and 
just like getting certifications for it and, and just like reaching out to buyers with it. And so uh, it's been a lot of work. You know, we've gotten into a lot of the dot coms as vendors, which is still hard, but it's not the physical retail. And so like, um, thankfully, last year, um, after a lot of work visiting, you know, uh, Walmart headquarters a couple of times. So we, we, we went to a line review with Walmart. And so we have a couple of our products now going into 4,000 Walmart locations. So essentially every Walmart in the U.S. Um, and so that's obviously a huge deal. It's been in the works for, for a lot of months, um, but we're finally uh, delivering the products uh, here in this next month in, in May. So that's, that's uh, kind of a, an iconic moment for us. Uh, it's, awesome. it's huge. A lot of work. Um, so have you seen the PO already? Yeah, yeah. It's huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's huge. Is that like a seven, a six figure it's, PO, seven figure yeah, PO? Yeah, it's six or, figures, but it's only supposed to be enough uh, for wow. a couple for, for one a couple PO. weeks. <laughs> so it should it should be a good time. Wow. Uh, Mid six figures for a couple weeks of sales. That's yeah. That's why I tell everybody like once you you get into a four thousand Walmart stores, that's like you know that that's bigger than Amazon. You know, pr- pretty much. Now I'm looking at your your listing right now. So like. Like right now, it looks like we're in the midst. You're in the midst of a, a lightning deal. Looks like. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a lightning deal one day or. A See, of- I, I love it. You don't even know what's going on. You're you got a team who's who's managing this stuff now. So is is lightning deal something that you guys or deals of the day and things like that? Is that something that that you guys um, we do we do uh, seven do a lot day deals and leverage? we do we do lightning deals. Yes, they they do help a lot. Yeah. And we, we ran in trouble with those okay. back in the day because, you know, those are guided by your last retail price or you like your moving average price of what you retail at. So we used to run yes. just like cut our price and try to run a lower price. And then that would affect our lightning deals and our seven day deals. And then we would have to run those deals at almost unprofitable, you know, at times back back then. Right. So it took a while to be able to kind of gain some knowledge there and, and keep our retails kind of mapped out so that, you know, we're able to run the deals at, at prices that still make sense for us. Cool. Cool. Now, what are some other strategies? You know, so, so we talked about lightning deals. I mean, obviously you have a well-optimized listing, you know, these are just the basics, you know, things, but, but, you know, frequent lightning deals, uh, might not be, uh, something, something that's a common strategy. So what are some other, like maybe unique strategies you think that has really helped you get to this level where, where you're at that, that maybe you can share with, uh, everybody. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we talk lightning deals and seven day deals. I think if your if your product starts to perform mm-hmm. well enough, you're offered those seven day deals, and that's very important. You gain a lot of traction that that um, week that you run those, and obviously helps your organic ranking. Um, we've kind of tried it all, where you know we tried everything from uh, editorial recommendations. We try affiliate marketing, right? I think uh, just today we were we were featured on the Kelly Clarkson show. So like uh, you know their Instagram has 1.5 million you know followers, and, and they just kind of gain affiliate uh, dollars from that. For, so when once you, your listing starts to become more popular as well, more reviews, it's more likely to kind of get picked up in different things like people running videos like UGCs and stuff because they also kind of get affiliate dollars from it. Well, how, how, how did that, how did you get on that show though? Like, like, did you, was that something you did or they just like reached out to you? Uh, so that one was, they didn't even reach out. And uh, yeah, we, we just found out uh, by, I found out through a friend and they were scrolling their feed and saw it and sent it to us. So I, we literally had no clue on that one. Wow. But uh, yeah, uh, huh. now uh, as of the past couple of months, one of the things that, that we're doing more of, uh, like I said, with agencies is we have a PR agency. And so they seek uh, PR uh, specifically like around, you know, our brand and, and our story and all that. Uh, and we also have an agency that handles influencers and, and affiliates. So they look specifically for like big media publications, 
uh, that are wanting to kind of feature our products and gain some affiliate uh, dollars from it. So it's kind of one of those streams where uh, it, it can't hurt, you know, but it's, it's, it's about flowing, you know, sales from every direction, you know, Google ads, we've tried obviously, and, and all these kind of things to, to create the flywheel. Okay. Now you're on a lot of different websites, uh, you said, and .com and things like that. So I think you, you know, you would agree with, with the, the statement that, Hey, start on amazon.com, you know, maybe number two, you know, Walmart and, or your own website to start building your brand. And then obviously with a long-term goal of getting into Walmart stores. But if we're just talking about online marketplaces, other than what I almost call the big three is, you know, Amazon, Walmart.com, your own website. What would you say is the next couple of ones that you think give the most bang for uh, the buck? Like, are we, you know, like talking like Target or something or or what website you think people might be sleeping on? I'll give you one. I'll give you the obvious ones. Obviously, if you can get into Target, if you can get into Macy's, all those are worth it just for the name alone. Even if you're not selling much, right? You associate mm -hmm. your brand with being in those retailers, which not everybody can do. Uh, but I'll give you a, a, a true sleeper and I'll give you a quick story of how I found it. So I don't know if you've heard of fair.com. Have you ever heard of fair? Uh, it's I, essentially fair.com is a marketplace. It's a, like a unicorn startup. So it's like huge, uh, I think valued at like 10 billion or so. So it's a, a big marketplace, but for like, think of like for mom and pop shops, right? So if you, if you own like a boutique or you own like a little coffee shop, you need to source, you know, goods for your store. Right. And so you go to fair.com and, and that's where, you know, you kind of, uh, buy them. But I came across because my, my wife and I were on a road trip uh, in Cali down the US one and we stopped at this coffee shop. Uh, and the coffee shop had like amazing items, you know, like all different brands, but they were like really nice. And I was like, wow, there's no way that the coffee shop owner here is sourcing all these or private labeling all these just no way. Right. And so I, I asked the lady that was in the corner kind of doing inventory on a, on a pad, like, where do you, uh, you know, like, where do you source all these? And she said, oh, fair. And I was like, okay, note it. So I just kind of tabbed it, went along with my road trip, got home, looked at fair, uh, onboarded in there. And uh, essentially you're selling to like physical locations, you know? So that's the great thing. It's like, you know, we've now sold over a hundred thousand dollars worth of products through fair after just kind of oh. finding out, you know, randomly. And I get like pictures and stuff from friends from time to time like hey i'm in this random coffee shop in north carolina and i see your products here like you know how did it get here or like ah. hey what is your product doing in the middle you know and and so that's amazing and and so like we have over a thousand customers so so that i mean not only are you getting <laughs> sales from there but you know like customers who are just going to coffee shops maybe they're like man this tastes good or they're looking there and then they might be going home or just right there going on their amazon app and looking up your brand and so who knows who knows what kind of residual benefit it is yep. to I, yeah, I like and, and you know sales are easy to fulfill they're they're repeat purchase because you know they're buying for their coffee shop or their little you know store and so like once they sell yeah. they, they'll buy again and so yeah it's one of those things where it's a it's a little unlock and, and it's it's worth a lot more than just the money it brings in but rather you know your product having distribution and being out there you know spreading out your brand and so that that's yeah. means a lot Cool. So, you know, it sounds like, you know, throughout this time, you know, you've been working full time, you've hired staff though to, to help you, but is, is 2023 the, the year that you're going to, you're going to retire from, from working for the man and, and now go all into your, your, your business. So like, what's your goals for your brand? Yeah. So it's, it's really good timing. Cause I'm actually in the process of that, of, of quitting my job. Um, it's, it's just coincidence that, that I'm on the pod and, and we're talking about it. 
So yeah, you know, being on Amazon, being an Amazon seller, a lot of times, and most Amazon sellers, like you said, we're behind the curtain and we don't care to be behind the curtain. We, you know, kind of hide behind our brands historically um, because who cares to know the, the founder, right? Like, um, but with the whole Walmart thing where, you know, we're now starting to be reached out for, for press or like, you know, interviews and, and just like overall you're on the shelf. So like, you know, the brands kind of need a, 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 you know, customer facing sort of name. And so like, it's kind of the time to, to do it just because it, it's kind of grown to the point where it also doesn't make sense to stay. I, I almost wish my job wasn't as good and didn't pay as well or, you know, didn't offer as much because then it would have made it a lot easier to, to quit a long time ago. But it's allowed me to kind of really scale the team and just kind of, you know, go as long as I could before making that leap. So it's not the first time I make the leap. You know, I, I did quit, like I told you back in uh, end of 2020. Um, yeah. But this time, you know, hopefully it's it's uh, for, for, for good um, and just to be able to, to fully take care of and run the company. Cool, cool. Well, definitely want to uh, reach out to you maybe in a year or so and, and see how retired life is 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 suiting you probably you'll find that you're actually probably working more than you i would did, say uh, yeah i wouldn't say retired uh, life when you're working full-time <laughs> retired life yeah you can word that differently i would say uh committed committed to the game life <laughs> there you go there you go love it all right well thank you so much for for joining us and and telling us about your journeys uh, very inspiring and and you know there's people out there who who might be in the similar shoes as you you know a few years ago they're still working full-time and they might have thought, man, I, I, the only way to scale my business is by quitting my job and just giving it full time right from the get go. But but I think you've proven that, hey, no, there's 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 different ways to do it. You, you, you could you could still scale a business, you know, as long as you have good help, you know, while you're while you're still in your, you know, a great job that, that you might have that you might like and and find success. So um, it's really great to, to see what you've accomplished. And I look forward to seeing what you accomplish in the, in the next couple of years. Appreciate that, Bradley. I hope uh, I'm able to be back and tell All really right. good stories but by then. <laughs>